Okay, boys and boys, welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 138. This is your host, Adam Piggott, coming to you on a Sunday afternoon after a, uh, a weekend away on a Dutch island called Schelling. All these barrier islands up on the North Sea at the top of Holland there. And one of my colleagues at work has a holiday home on this little island. And uh, three of us went up there on Friday evening, uh, got the ferry across at about 8pm on Friday evening. Um, Keep in mind that I got up for work at 5am that day, worked all day, Uh, went to the physio and then we drove an hour and a half up to Harlinger, I think it's called or something, to get the ferry across. Uh, Our colleague who was already on the island, he went a bit earlier to get the house ready. And uh, it was a two-hour ferry boat ride, so we got in at 10 o'clock at night, got met at uh, the little dock there. This is a small island. It's only about 13 kilometers long or something like that, and about a kilometer, kilometer and a half wide. Um, and uh, it has about 5,500 people on it uh, permanently, and the numbers go up to about 30,000, 35,000 over the summer months uh, when all the Germans come across to holiday on the island. Um, so Friday night we got there, we went straight to a bar, it was ladies night at the bar, and I was a bit dubious about this, because in my experience, ladies night at a bar means no ladies there at all, um, because all the guys will turn up thinking they're going to get ladies, and it turns into a gigantic sausage fest, but it was one of, no, it was the best ladies night I've ever seen. Both in terms of quantity and quality, we got there about eleven o'clock. Just went, dropped our bags at the house, just went straight there. And uh, I think the bar could fit about one hundred and eighty people, two hundred people max. And there was probably about thirty people when we got there, and they were all chicks, and ranging in ages from sixteen to to sixty, I would say. Um, and the key, I think, on observing this to a lady, successful ladies' night, as in lots of ladies turn up, is to make it fancy dress. Because girls like fancy dress. They really do. Boys don't really care about fancy dress. Any men um, who really get into fancy dress and go all out are generally soy boys or closet fags, in, from what I've observed. And this one was no different. Uh, it ended up being about 75% chicks, of which 50% were more than passable on the, on the beauty factor. Very, 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 very cool. And uh, anyway, the, my colleague knew the owner of the bar, knew the DJ, knew everyone. He's like an old friend. Well, that, this is the island that he grew up on. Uh, he, was, he was born on the island, grew up on the island. Um, and still has the holiday home on the island, and his mum still lives on the island. Met his mother, very nice old lady. And, uh, yeah, great. I know you're all thinking this is where Adams talks about uh, the hot chicks that he pulled, um, but uh, no intention of doing a hot chick pull, mainly because it was it was a boys' weekend, and what am I going to do, take the girl back to the guest house or go back? It's not cool, you know, I'm there for hang out with the guys. But, uh, which meant... Um, that it was really nice, just because you weren't, you were just at the ladies' night. There was heaps of ladies everywhere, and 
nice and cash, which meant, you know, not seeking attention. It means, of course, you get attention. That's how it normally goes. Um, so I was uh, really good. We got absolutely, we drank a lot of piss. A lot of piss, a lot of beer, and a lot of Jack Daniels. Um, and uh, eventually, the lights suddenly came on at the bar, and we'd stayed till closing. And it was uh, three o'clock in the morning. So by this stage, I'm almost going on for 24 hours straight since I got up at five. And uh, that was pretty, uh, yeah. So then we walked outside and we just, well, it's a little island. You call the taxi. This is the thing about the island. It's a real social community. Like uh, you call a taxi driver and my, my colleague would go, ah, this is blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, how are you? Oh, how's the, uh, how's the, this is to the taxi drivers, you know. And we got a, we got a taxi uh, on, the, on the Saturday night to go to dinner and the taxi driver came and got us and was like, got in and was like, ah, oh, I heard you guys went to ladies night last night. Yeah, yeah, we did. How was it? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, what the hell? You know? Um... Which is really good. It wasn't bad. It was the opposite of bad. It was community, social in social harmony, people looking out for each other. It was really nice, really nice. Hundred percent white person island too. Just to throw it out there, no diversity. Not that I saw. I didn't see any diversity at all. It was a complete complete absence of diversity on that island. Few fags though, walking around hands in hands, obviously there for the weekend. Eh, okay now. Um, anyway, so we couldn't get a cab, and ended up was I said, why don't we just walk? Can't be that far. It's winter. Remember, this is winter, and this island is windy and cold. Uh, it took us forty minutes uh, to get uh, to get to the house. And it's a really interesting architecture because the, the eaves of the house come down really low. Like the windows on the street come up to about your chest and then it's the roof. They come down, the roof comes down really, really low and really steep uh, because of the, uh, the winds, the storms that they get on the island. So we walked home, and I think that was actually a good move. We all agreed on it on Saturday morning when we all woke up with no hangovers because we didn't get to bed till 4 o'clock. We woke up at about 9. We had to get up about 9.30, get the day going. But uh, no one had a hangover, uh, and we drank a lot of piss. So uh, a good 40-minute walk in the absolute freezing cold wind uh does wonders does wonders for the old i gotta say i'm pretty well buggered uh just got back about an hour ago i thought and this is what i did i got back threw a load of washing in the washing machine cleaned up a little bit rescued my plant that suddenly i must have forgot i, I thought i was watering it regularly but my indoor plant over it's gone so i filled it up with water hopefully it comes back it's looking very limp um and um Saturday, we uh, hired these e-bikes. I've never had an e-bike before. I have to say, it was pretty good. <laughs> Fucking hell, man, these things go. Yeah, uh, hills don't matter when you've got an e-bike. Yeah, it uh, definitely motored along with it. And it was a beautiful day. It was like, it's been, it's been such a, an atrocious winter over here in Western Europe. It's just on the coast, on the North Sea. It's been 
disgusting. It hasn't been that cold, but it's just been miserable. It has been rain and wind and rain almost since September. Six or seven months of just abs and like six degrees centigrade, five, eight, you know, but wind chill factor below zero, just horrendous. Horrible fucking winter. So on Saturday, yesterday, it was this blue sky, absolutely gorgeous. Took out the e-bikes, went all around the island, did the full tour of the island. They had all the old German bunkers from World War Two because it was part of the Atlantic Wall uh, fortifications. That was really cool. We went to a great maritime museum, like a wreck museum. Because all the wrecks, all the the, 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 the the island used to be very poor historically. And a lot of the old houses were built entirely from um, flotsam washed up on the beach from wrecks, timber and all that sort of stuff. But uh, they get modern wrecks as well. So there's like a big storm in the North Sea and a, and a container ship loses a bunch of containers and they wash up on the beach and they've got all these. In the, in the Maritime Wreck Museum, they had all the stuff that like, there was like a container ship washes up full of shoes, running shoes from China or bananas or believe it or not, dildos, or as they put it in the museum with this giant purple dildo, a curiously shaped object, <laughs> is how they described it for the kiddies. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we cruised around, it was nice. We saw some of the girls during the day yesterday that we'd seen that night. Stopped in at a few bars to see different people, beers here, beers there. And then last night we went out to an Irish restaurant run by Dutchies, but they're really passionate about Ireland. Superb food. I had a seafood chowder and then the, the classic Irish lamb stew with Guinness, fresh Guinness. And, my, and the two guys I've been with, who I was with, one of them had never tasted Guinness before, and the other one had only tasted it last year when he went to Dublin uh, and went to the Guinness factory because they all they both thought that Guinness was really heavy and because the, the dark beers in Belgium and, and uh, uh, Holland are very very high alcohol content. Like you can get you can get dark beers here that are thirteen percent alcohol. It's like drinking a bottle of wine. I mean, you're fucked. It actually is exactly like drinking a bottle of wine. Uh, have one large beer of those and goodbye, Charlie. Um, and um, so they never tried it. And so was it Guinness and my mate from one of my mates from work is looking at me, you know. I went, yeah, have a Guinness, man. Come on. And we didn't know that he'd never had it before and took a sip of it. And he's suddenly like, oh, this is good shit. <laughs> and it is. Um, some nice Irish whiskies. And then today we got up really, you know, I actually woke up quite early. We went to, well, we went to bed at 10 o'clock last night. We were fucked. And um, uh, this morning I got woke up before the others, got the fire going this morning, coffee in front of the fire, just catching up on some internet stuff on my phone. It was just, ah, oh, it was so relaxing over there. Such a beautiful pace of life. I, I've I would move to that island if I could find something to do out there in a heartbeat, in an ab absolute heartbeat um, I'm drinking water as I'm talking to you um, one of the curious things from uh, we noticed on the island uh, is this sudden explosion 
It was really noticeable on the ladies' night. Um, but then we once 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 we noticed this thing, we couldn't unnotice it. And we yesterday on the island, today on the ferry, um, there's been a sudden over here in the Netherlands. I, I can't vouch for anywhere else in the world. But there's been a sudden fashion explosion uh, of the new fashion, which is the leopard print skin design. Um, you know the le leopard, the classic leopard print leggings or or something like that, or scarf, normally reserved for Russian prostitutes or uh, or Italian women of dubious heritage um and now suddenly fucking the half the chicks are wearing this stuff leggings jackets scarves i even saw a, a leopard skin print hat what is going on and there was a girl there who was probably the hottest looking girl in the ladies night i turned out later on that she was she had three kids could not believe it. What an absolute milf. The flattest stomach on a mother I've ever seen in my life. Um, she was entirely leopard skin outfit. Pants and top. Just, what's going on with the leopard skins? I mean, everyone's talking about the coronavirus being uh, very dangerous, but I think this new leopard skin outbreak disease is far, far, far more worrying. And uh, we're definitely seeing a lot of it. Hard to fathom. Uh, we were sending photos to each other on the way back of, you know, oh, look, check out this one. Um, yes, we actually went up to women and took photos of them wearing leopard skin pants um, or shawls or jackets or scarves or hats or whatever it was. Probably underwear, probably bras, probably bikinis. We'll see leopard skin bikinis uh, this summer. It's a, it's a very disturbing fashion trend um, because... Previously, leopard skin attire was a lovely uh, um, uh, signal, a warning from nature that you wanted to stay away from this particular woman, like tattoos. The type of women who get tattoos generally in the past would wear leopard skin print uh, clothing of some sort. But now it seems to have jumped the gun. And we saw a 12-year-old girl with a leopard skin parka. Just what the hell is going on? In fact, just talking now, I'm, I'm just going to do a little search on the internets. On the internets. Leopard print fashion disaster what's going on let's have a look see oh, lingerie leopard skin jacket 350 euros body suits there's a mankini holy crap is leopard print in fashion yes apparently it is a hot trend um look um this is this is what what I would call an unacceptable fashion trend it really it really is is not is not good and um and if you if you're wearing leopard skin you're probably going to get coronavirus I just want to say that um speaking of coronavirus 
I see that uh, Italy has basically shut itself. Well, parts of it. Uh, the whole of Lombardia, or Lombardy, um, parts of uh, Piemonte, Veneto, Emilia Romana, I think that's all of it. Um, so Venice is, is basically shut down. Um, apparently they haven't shut the airports yet, uh, but um, this, uh, I mean, this is this is this is this is a big move. This is big time stuff. It just leads to me to believe that, look, for even for a very bad flu that, that killed two percent of two percent death rate or something. I, I, yeah, there's, 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 there's obviously stuff we don't know, obviously stuff we don't know about this coronavirus, looking at the Italian response here. And this is going to cost uh, their economy a lot of money. They've closed the ski resorts, and ski resorts are self-closing. So Trentino, where I used to live, that region there, is not in the, uh, in the um, areas that's been um, um, put in quarantine, but they've uh, voluntarily shut their ski resorts. Uh, in the in Val di Sole where uh, I lived, I, I just saw it. Facebook is a complete fucking disaster. I don't get on Facebook very often, but I thought, all right, let's see what all my Italian mates are saying, and uh, well, it's just a mess because uh, obviously no one. Well, I just it's it's all it's all it's all silly Corona memes mixed with people being so outraged that you could have silly Corona memes. That's about it. So that group's fighting with each other. Uh, and that's about the whole of Facebook at this point. So pretty useless there. Uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call some people I know uh, after I do this. Uh, I should have done it before I spoke to you guys. But oh, there we go. Um, and just you know, just get to kind of find out what's going on over there. Um, because yeah, it is. Um, it is interesting, and it is. It is obviously pertinent. Um, there's been some panic buying. Um, in Holland, apparently, but I haven't seen any of it. Uh, we were talking about it. On the island of, of Tuschelling, you wouldn't know anything's any different at all, of course. That'd be a good place to uh, hang out, just stop the ferries and everyone sits on the island. Um, unload the food from the cargo ships with cranes. You don't have to touch anything. Um, I really like that island. I really like that island because it... Um, it felt like Perth in the 1970s. Everyone, everyone knew each other as much as you could be with 4,000 people. Um, it, um, it has not been affected at all by globalism. Oh, it has. It has. There's one aspect of, of globalism that's really hit it, and it's, it's, it's not a good one. It's the, the price of the real estate in the, in the island is high uh, and extremely difficult to find anything. So basically people from the mainland, mainland, rich people from the mainland, just want to snap up uh, a holiday home. And these can be rented out for exceptionally good money, apparently. Um, but it means that the young people on the island, chances of, uh, of picking something up or even being able to afford something is just is just not happening at all, um, and uh, it was a real shame, real shame. So in in that in that one aspect, that yeah, the, the, the globalism has definitely impacted on uh, on this on this little island. Um, 
But apart from that, wow, the, the, the quality of life, the style of life, it's just so relaxed. So I came home, I just drove, got my car from where we'd left it at work and drove back, wasn't trying to fight the traffic, parked my car, came in, unpacked my bag immediately, yeah, nice and calm, whereas normally I'd just like throw the bag in the corner and oh, I'll deal with that at some other point, I'm too stressed out, but oh, packed my bag, put all the stuff away where it needed to be. Upstairs in the room, folded up my clothes. There was some clothes hanging up in the, the washing room. Got them, folded them up, you know. Normally I'd be like, oh, I can't do this on Sunday. Sunday I should be relaxing. And of course I'm not relaxing because I'm stressed about it. Just really, really nice. And I know, of course, I'm saying that I would like to keep this uh, mindset, but I know within two days it's going to be gone with all the, the lifestyle that I have. But, uh, oh, I really liked it out there, boys and girls. I really liked it. If your humble Adam could live off, uh, in some way live off his writing, which he can't do in a million years, that's, uh, that's, that's where I'd be going. I really think so. Really, 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 really nice spot. Um, yeah. Definitely worth going to. Um, so what I'll do is I'll put a, uh, I'll, put, I'll put the name of the, of the island in the, in the, in the notes here and in, in the show notes for this episode of the Pushing Rubber Podcast, and uh, and uh, I, it's really worth a visit. It's really really worth a visit. These sort of places that I'm talking about. I mean, I give Cappy shit still about his uh, European visit of a few years ago um, when he just came across. And you've got to go to places like where I went over the last couple of days. That's you don't you don't come to Europe to write. I'm going to go and see Amsterdam, and I'm going to see the red light district. And no, 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 no. That's not what you want to do. No, 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 no. You want to you want to you want to have the the inns with the locals and go to go to little islands like this, or go down and uh, you know some hunting club, and you're going to have a weekend hunt, staying at a place and. Going out to a restaurant that night, eating the local the local food, walk in and hey, how you going? This is our this is our friend Cappy from America. Oh, how you going? Great. Have a seat here. Get looked after. The uh, ex-wife and I, when we moved back to Australia um, after we left Italy about ten years ago. Fuck, I can't believe it's that long. Um, after a couple of years working, uh, I was working in resources. Um, we both we both liked the idea of of coming up with a uh, a travel boutique travel uh, company where we'd take people on uh, personal personalized tour, like small groups, eight to ten people or something like that, in Italy, in the in the northern area of Italy, where where we knew i knew really really well and i knew the people i still do i still have all the contacts um know the places to go but the really nice boutique hotels the restaurants the 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 contacts with the locals to, to, to basically give people the local experience you're not you're not a tourist you're a you're a you're a guest of locals because whenever i had people visit me and i you know they come and stay with me up in italy 
and uh, I'd spend maybe you know three or four nights or maybe a week, and of course we just I just I just get them to hang out with all the people I knew and go to the places that uh, that I know they just loved it. This is the real Italy. This is the real Italy. I took a really good friend of mine once, a guy called John. Uh, I've known him for years and years and years. I still remember. I met him down in Verona, and I uh, got him off the train, and we went into uh, we walked into the centre of Verona. Dropped the bags. I think we dropped his bags at the train station, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I took him at the t- to, at the time, my favourite little bar, uh, Trattoria kind of thing, Enoteca, Vinoteca sort of thing, wine bar. We call it a wine bar. Um, and they did basic food as well. And it was a little, little alleyway in the middle of Verona. And it was, it was only, it was not a tourist spot by any stretch of the imagination. This was your local little spot for guys to pop in for a glass of wine and a bit of food for lunch and after work and that sort of thing. And when I was in Verona, I would do whatever I had to do and then I'd park myself at this bar and I would spend, you know, sometimes I spent several hours there. People would come in and, hey, hey, how are you going? Oh, good. Down from the mountains. Yeah, great. And I took, uh, I took John there and... Uh, I still remember we sat down and he looked around and Massimo was the, the bar owner's name. And Massimo comes out, hey, Adam, how's it going? All in Italian. Yeah, good. This is my friend, John. Oh, hey. Can we get some, uh, we get some, uh, a couple of glasses of Prosecco? Something good? Yeah, yeah. A few things to nibble on. Okay, of course. And uh, I still remember we got the, the wine, the big, and the big glasses come out, you know, the big glasses. You don't serve... You don't serve sparkling wine. You don't serve champagne in champagne flutes. That's a mistake. You only champagne flutes were specifically designed for um, receptions where there was finger food, and you and you wanted to be able to have a glass that you could hold the glass and also finger food in the same hand. That's what champagne flutes were designed for. But if you're drinking champagne in any other situation, restaurants or wine bars or anything, you don't want a wine flute. You want a big, big burgundy balloon glass. The bigger, the better. To really get your nose in and smell the uh, the the nose of the uh, of the champagne, of the sparkling wine, of the prosecco, whatever you've got. So out comes the big glasses. Lovely, big, big glasses. Swirl around that champ- that prosecco. And uh, we had a, had a little bit of that, oh, yeah, it tastes good. And uh, I think John had just flown in from, uh, he'd been in the Middle East or something like that. And uh, uh, some finger food came out, some salamis and cheeses, and, you know. And John kind of settled back into his chair and was, you know, looking around, a big smile on his face. And he said to me, this is, this is the real Italy. This is the real stuff. It was like he just discovered it. He goes, "This is this is what I was hoping for." And uh, and I, I can't remember how long he was with with us. I think it was a week. And uh, we just went to place after place, went up to the mountains, and I kind of set him. I, I made a tragic mistake of sending him up a mountain. I had to work with the rafting. It was like, uh, "What did John go and go and climb a mountain?" There's a mountain called Viorts. It's about four thousand meters high. Go climb a mountain. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. I'd never been up there before, but lots of people I knew had, so I figured it was good. Middle of summer, and I uh, didn't take any water. <laughs> and, uh, he actually, uh, he was coming down, he was in a bit of, bit of a bad way, but so many people around. And actually, people I know 
friends of mine found him. Didn't know he was a friend of mine, but gave him some water and basically saved his life. And that's a bit of a running joke between us, you know, uh, me sending him up the mountain with no water to kill him. I was trying to kill him, obviously. I was trying to knock him off so I could get his, uh, his Harley Davidson. That was it. Um, but that, um, that local experience, um, being guided on the inn, that's uh, my ex-wife and I, we, we seriously looked at that and we, we took a trip back to Italy uh, with someone, another Australian guy we looked who was interested in the idea as well of investing in it. Um, but we just, um, it's not that we couldn't make it work. We, we didn't want to take that risk of a jump at that point. We didn't, we were looking at it and looking at it and you'd look for it, you'd, to make it work, you'd have to charge, you'd have to charge good money. You'd have to charge people. Uh, you'd have to be, you know, boutique, personalized tour, two weeks. You'd probably have to look at several thousand dollars per person to be able to make it profitable, be able to make it work. Uh, it, was that all inclusive, you know, with uh, your hotels and that, all that sort of thing? And basically drive them around and, and do other stuff too. Like, okay, we're going to go hire some Ferraris and Lamborghinis today or something. Um, take them on a rafting trip down the river, but I'll guide the raft for them. You know, to stop and look at the different places and tell them, give them the background stories, and uh, then take them to the wineries that I know. I know because I've, I've worked as a translator there for years. So one of my areas that I specialised in was uh, by I happened to do it by just accident, which was a happy accident. Was 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 the wineries because there's so hundreds of family-owned little wineries in the Trentino region. And they used to, uh, for a bunch of them, used to do all their translations for all their brochures and websites and that sort of thing. And uh, so, of course, you know, I can rock up. I can rock up today in these places, you know, and they say, hey, hey, Adam, oh, how's it going? Yeah, good. So just, you know, the idea was, you know, we'll take you, we'll do the personalised tour, hotels as well. You know, I had so much contact with, with through the, the bar that I had and the, the rafting and that sort of thing and all the, and the restaurants and then, of course, there's the ski areas and then where to go. And, you know, like uh, mountain huts in the summer, go up with the locals, you know, you, you go up there with a the car. you got to know where to do this stuff. And the tourists would never be able to do this. You go up this little hidden valley like a bowl and then someone's got their little little hut up there and we all go up and we have a big barbecue in the middle of the night and there's guitars and big bonfire and uh, lots of alcohol and everyone having a great old time. Just, uh, and you, but you're up in the Alps in the middle of it all. You know, this is the, this is the sort of stuff I think that people want. You don't just, you just don't want to be a tourist. We, we actually it was really nice. We were at the island yesterday, and uh, uh, one of the locals, one of Jan's good, good mates on there, he's uh, got a, had a fabulous four-wheel drive Ford Raptor V8, uh, 2013 edition. I thought all black, amazing-looking beast, uh, sounded fantastic. And you can drive on the beach. They've got this massively wide beach. It must be 300 metres, 400 metres wide, all sand, flat, 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 hard as hell. And you can drive on it from uh, October to April. And it's like a good 12 or 13 kilometres. And uh, he took us in his uh, Raptor. We piled into his car. Up we go, rang up the beach. Sticking to the speed limit, of course. Wouldn't go too far. Uh, and... Uh, Stopped at a few places. They had uh, this little tower. It looked like a lifeguard tower 
up at the other end of the island. But what it actually was is in the day, if your boat got shipwrecked and you washed up on the beach, you made it to the beach, then you could get to this little tower. You climb up the ladder up to the tower, and you and inside there'd be a little bit of bit of food. Um, there'd be you know blankets that sort of thing, and then there was a big ball on a wire, and you could raise the ball up up to the top of the mast. And in the morning, someone would, uh, back in the main town, you know, 10 kilometres away or something, other side of the island, would just routinely take their spyglass and check if the, uh, if the ball was up. And if the ball was up, they'd come up on their horses and help out whoever it was. And, you know. But of course, it's not in use today, but it's still there. And uh, we were walked up and stopped the car and up we went and all graffitied, everyone writing their names. And we made a joke that, for the local kids on the island, a lot of virginities would have been lost in that uh, little uh, little space. And uh, and then we saw like this kind of four-wheel drive bus truck coming along the beach. And it was the tourist truck. And we're all kind of looking at that. And, oh, there's the tourist truck. But technically, me and my other colleague, we were tourists. But we were getting the inside personalised tour from locals in the know. And that was the idea for the um, the travel company, Boutique boutique Travel Tours of Northern Italy. And just there, because that's the area that I know. Uh, well, I know a lot of other areas as well, but that's the area where I know really well and everyone knows me that, that, that counts to make these sort of things work. Uh, maybe maybe you think it's a good idea. Maybe I should start. Of course, the wife now is the ex-wife, and uh, it would have been good to do do it with her on the backup support. But you know, maybe, 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 maybe you could think about that in the future after everyone's you know demise of the coronavirus or whatever's going to happen then. Anyway. Um, Let's do a shout out to Aaron Clary over at Captain Capitalism. He's got a new book out about the millennials. Uh, it's called, hang on, what's it called? I can't remember. He sent me a copy. I'm going to review it. I've already started it, but I haven't finished it yet. Where's his new books? It's not here. How Not to Become a Millennial. Cappy, you haven't got a... Uh, you haven't got your new book up. I've got you got Bachelor Pad Economics right at the top, and then you got Arsehole Consulting, and you've got Reconnaissance Man, and the Reserved Ones, and Curse the High IQ, Enjoy the Decline. Where's uh, yeah, where's your uh, your latest book? Not there. Um, go check him out at CaptainCapitalismBlogspot.com. Check out his uh, podcast as well. Uh, all the books that I read out, of course. Lots of books. He's a good guy. Good guy. Captain Capitalism. Good guy. Uh, check out my books. Still selling well. I've had a really good month. Yeah, really good month. People are buying my books. I like it. And, uh, pushing rubber downhill. I think it's been out for four years. People are still buying it. There we go. It's got legs. It's got legs. People like it. Run but guns guts pull cones selling well as well. Uh, so go get yourself a copy of those. If you've already bought them, I've had people say to me, Oh, I've already bought your books, do something else. 
That's right, this week, one of the commenters, uh, here's so long, regularly comments on my blog. It's like, ah, oh, get a Patreon. I'm going to give you some more money. I've already bought your books. This is like, no socialism on this blog. No begging. No begging of any sort. If I, if I have to revert, resort to that, then things are getting t- tough. Don't get me wrong. If it was just like, I'm going to starve or go Patreon, I'll go Patreon. But no, 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 no. Get another couple of my books. Give them to people as gifts. Yeah, go down to your local library. Put this here. I want you to put this book there from Adam Pickett. Who's that? Well, don't you know? Don't you know? Everyone knows who Adam Pickett is, at least in parts of Trentino and Northern Italy. Um, follow this podcast. Got uh, my followers go up and down like a uh, yo-yo. 241. Same on my blog. Uh, I got someone go went to 450 this week. Subscribed on there. Thanks for that. Because it dropped back down again. It was up to like almost 460. And then, you know, people... I think they're just people who... We call them uh, um, fake followers. They want they, they follow just so you follow them or something like that. I don't do that. I don't do that. That's not what I do. Um, so, yeah. Follow me there. Hey, uh, this, is, uh, this has been a fun podcast to talk to you guys. I... Uh, I hope it's been fun for you listening. I hope you've had a a jolly good old time. If you've had a really good time listening to this, you could just start it again. That's the the great benefit of these things. And uh, have a nice week. Have a safe week. Hopefully you don't get virused out, whatever the case may be. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.